Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. Listen, you know when you're doing a large project, like let's say you want to do something in your backyard and, and you know, you could do it by yourself. Uh, but you know what I found when I do that? And I don't think I'm the only one who's listening in where this is the case. If I do that in the long term, I'm going to spend more money and take so much more time if I did it myself. What I really should do is bring in a professional, get some people involved who know what they're actually doing. And it's really not any different if you're planting a church or launching a new campus. Church planters who focus on building their core team, that is what you are called to do. And partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industry, they'll hit the ground running. Listen, you are not called to the wires and gadgets and cases game. You're called to building up a team, releasing core volunteers. I've said this time and again, the success factor of campuses is the size and quality and health of the volunteer core. You can guarantee that. Everything else, when it comes to going portable, really you do need to talk with our friends at Portable Church Industries. Yes, you could do it all yourself, but why would you? You do not want to do that. Your volunteers will feel invested in, they'll give more and they will thrive. Listen, if you're thinking of launching a campus or a church in the next six to 36 months, I encourage you to reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. Again, that's if you're thinking of launching in the next six to 36 months, reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. Uh, we're in for a real treat today. We've got Larry Osborne with us. Uh, Larry's been connected with North Coast Church for a long time. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country, if you're not aware of it. They, Larry's been at the front of so many different innovations. North Coast has been as well. Video venues, you know, sm uh, small groups, multi-site. Uh, Larry was the lead pastor there uh, and then co-senior pastor from 1980 to 2019 if I'm doing my math right, uh, but he currently serves as the teaching pastor and kingdom ambassador, which I love, mentoring pastors and church leaders around the nation. He's also sev uh, authored several books. Larry, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here today. Well, thank you. Glad to be with you. Larry, fill out the story. What did I miss there? Uh, if people aren't you know, aware of you or the church, what, what, what do we want to make sure they know? <laughs> Not a lot. I just tell people we came out. I, a lot of people think I founded North Coast Church. I didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a small group of 70, about a year and a half old, meeting in a high school cafeteria. So much of the church planting thing I went through, borrowed mm. desk from the trash of the big church I'd been a youth pastor at. And uh, <laughs> my office was a parishioner's garage and we had skateboarders out the window while I'm trying to preach. So Love it. I kind of knew that thing. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's been a fun journey, you know, like everything mm -hmm. it has, it's, it's hard times, but I tell people basically North coast is a church. I always want to go to, uh, oh, love I work it. with uh, church planners talking about how to plan a church. I go plant the one you want to go to and see if anybody else wants to go to it. And to my shock, oh, so good. Uh, quite a few people wanted to go to one just like that. Yeah. So it's a youth yeah, group for it. adults. 
<laughs> That's great. Love it. You know, and like I was saying in the intro, you really, you know, God's used you in a bunch of, I think, really strategic ways over your ministry career. And there's lots of innovations that have ended up impacting hundreds, thousands of churches across the country that that you're, you're, you particularly were early on in. And so I'm eager to kind of tap your brain today as we kind of come out of COVID, or I'm not even sure what this season is, as we kind of pivot beyond that, what are you seeing in, in churches? As you're talking with church leaders at, in this kingdom ambassador role, what are some of those things that you're either problems that churches are facing or advice you find yourself continuing to give? Sure. Uh, what are you talking to churches about these days? Well, if if you're going to lead anything, you have to have a clear understanding of what you're headed towards, what your goal is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have to know where you are. And I think coming out of COVID, the problem is that, that most churches don't know where they're trying to go, but mm-hmm. an awful lot of them don't understand where they are. Uh, okay. If I had a whiteboard, I would draw kind of a highway, if you will, that's heading up towards a, a star in the upper right corner, whatever it would be. And I mm-hmm. would put a, a church three quarters of the way up pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and that's a road we're on, and we're heading in this direction. And now mm-hmm. most people think, okay, we went backwards uh, mm-hmm. for a period of time, uh, mm-hmm. but we're on the same road. And so I get mm-hmm. lots of pastors saying, hey, help me figure out how to get back to where we were and then back <laughs> in the race. I had two kids who ran uh, distance, and on the track side, not cross-country side, if mm-hmm. you got, had your heels clipped or clipped somebody's heels, you would stumble or maybe even fall. You had to get up and run faster than everybody else to get back in the pack and see if you had anything left. And I think that's the picture that a lot of us have. How do Mm -hmm. I get back to where I was and then move on? But the truth is, if you can uh, see the word picture of this road Mm -hmm. with a church where it was and then lost some ground but gaining Mm -hmm. it back, the reality is we're not on that road anymore. We're somewhere over Mm -hmm. here (laughs) on the far left-hand corner. Uh, And we're in a completely different place. Now, we're still heading for the same goal. Right. And we still have much of the same things we had on the previous road. It's kind of like the second temple. When the Mm. second temple was built, there were a lot of people, the older uh, heads of households, older priests over Levites, wept and mourned because it wasn't as big as the first temple, even though in Haggai Mm. it says the glory of the second is going to be greater than the glory of first. And by the way, you never even saw the first with the Shekinah glory in it. But Mm. they'd they'd experienced something bigger and they thought better. Uh, And um, that's kind of where we are now. The, the, the second temple still had a court of the Gentiles, still had a holy of holies. It still had, you know, it still had all the same elements. And so in that mm-hmm. sense, I don't think church has changed. Right. But we're in a completely different place. Right. And then the second thing was I really believe that uh, the whole Internet conversation and the mm-hmm. online realities in the church have been sped up by about 10 years. And yep. um, a lot of churches are still confused by that. They're trying to get people back mm. uh, rather than uh, from this new place saying, okay, we're leading people to Jesus and we're mm-hmm. not done until we've taught them to obey everything he taught us. Mm-hmm. What is the best way to do it? And some mm-hmm. of the old things, but there's a bunch mm-hmm. of new things and mm-hmm. just the old stuff won't work anymore. Yeah, let's dive into that. That's I think is a really clear um word picture, not surprising from you. What what when you think about the kind of road that the fact that it shifted, what would be a couple of those things that you've seen either at, in North Coast or in churches that you've kind of talked with that are like here's some new realities we need to be thinking about, we need to be kind of wrestling with. M- maybe the internet is one of them, are there others? Yeah, I would say definitely have to come back to a couple of things about the internet, but yep. there's been a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. And it's caused by echo chambers. We've always lived in echo mm-hmm. chambers, but they used to be geographic, and now they're by choice. 
Mm. And so you have people who live in MSNBC and people who live in Fox News <laughs> and everything true. in between. And the only thing they know about the other side is what their source tells them about the other side. Mm. And we're becoming angrier and angrier. And I, I believe part of it is there's this phenomenon of choice. Everybody I talk to hates echo chambers and what, what mm. they've done, our inability to dialogue. Mm-hmm. But nobody's willing to get rid of choice. So mm-hmm. I'll ask 500,000 pastors at a conference, how many of you hate it? Every hand goes up. How many of you are willing to go back to just three uh, network news stations? No <laughs> hands go up. How many of you yes, go to yes. 1 a.m. Or, or 1 FM radio station instead of yes. your, like, you know, my phone has eight days of music on it, whatever mood I'm in of my mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, when I look forward, no one can see the future, but we can see the unchangeable present. Mm. And, uh, hmm. change i mean choice coming into our culture is going to uh, increase our inability to communicate because yes. we're choosing the information world we want to live in mm-hmm. and i'm always telling people all the angry people over the last few years didn't suddenly become stupid and immoral on whatever side you're on the other side they had <laughs> right data. and yes. i believe going forward we've got to understand that just like a missionary understands when they move hmm. into a country Hey, mm-hmm. this is a red flag word. This is a concept. This is, you know, it's mm-hmm. relational time, not chronological time, whatever it would be. The new mm-hmm. world we're in is one in which I think our lanes of ministry have to be more narrow and our mm-hmm. support of other lanes right across the street has to be tighter. You know, hmm. it used to be kingdom ministry started overseas or more than 40 right. minutes away. Now it should start right. across the street. We yeah, live. Unpa- we yeah, live unpack that a bit more. Yeah, another free church. That's our tribe. Yeah, plant across the street from one of our campuses. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because they're not a threat. We're all reaching right. very much narrower than we ever did in the past. And the I, I would love my church to be like heaven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? But if I'm really reaching lost people, they ain't going to heaven. <laughs> they're mm. in hell. <laughs> and uh, okay. when I start saying, okay, this is what heaven's like, they're, they're, they won't they won't even listen. So I think that's one of the things. In Romans chapter 1, mm-hmm. uh, it talks about the downward cycle of a culture that ignores God, which I think many mm-hmm. of us would feel we've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most Christians think, you ought to read it, uh, Romans 1, 18 to 32. Mm-hmm. Read it carefully and you'll be shocked. Because most Christians think the bottom cycle is sexual decadence. It's not. Mm-hmm. The final say, when he says he gave him over to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done, it's slander, gossip, no faithfulness, no mm. mercy, knowing mm. these things are wrong, but approving, <laughs> talk about virtual signaling, mm. those who mm. do them. It's every mm. single thing is relational uh, destruction mm. in that list, mm. not sexual decadence. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where we are right now. And if I gripe right. about it, instead of say, wow, Lord, you put me behind enemy lines, how exciting is this? We'll mm. never be able to move forward. Yeah. So how do we as, so I, I think that's a, a searing insight. I think a very good insight for us to be thinking about this idea of echo chambers and the idea that we're living in a, you know, a more, maybe more fractured culture than before. One of the the complexities of leading a larger church, at least I found it as we go beyond a thousand, two thousand is you, you do have to become broader. It's like, you have to figure out how do you appeal to more people in your community um, and North Coast has done this over the years. You know, you did that with the kind of multiple venue thing. That we found different ways to do that. So, how does how does that those lessons, those principles, apply to where we are today? If if we are living in a kind of an increasingly echoey, chambery world, what what does that look like for us going forward? You think? Well, if we would think kingdom instead of castle, 
Mm. We're as excited <laughs> about the church across the street as we are about ours. We, we had a mm-hmm. real life experience of this, uh, yep. a going and blowing college ministry where that mm-hmm. uh, college pastor wanted mm-hmm. to start a church, but wanted to stay in the area because his daughters were in high school. His kids were in high right. school. He ended up planting a church uh, about five miles from our house. Right. It was a little more charismatic leaning than we were. So we told him, hey, Assembly of God will give you 75 grand to do it. Go with them. We're still going to give you the hundred. Mm. Uh, well, you just didn't you just didn't do that 15 years ago because right. it was almost right. like a church splinter. Thing. And it's yeah. not a church plant reaching lost people. It's it's just a new church. But in this day and age of all the narrow things, I if I think kingdom, there is no competition of another mm. church. Hmm. And hmm. the irony is excuse me at one point he came up to and said there's this church of another tribe in the town that had kind of died Mm -hmm. and they were looking at him to maybe come and be their pastor Mm -hmm. and our first response is oh man that's so close to us i don't know Mm -hmm. and then we walked Mm -hmm. out the room chris brown myself and uh, one other we looked at each other and said lord have mercy on us Mm. As if he said, this dead church wants to be called North Coast Church Campus <laughs> with live preaching instead of video. We would have high five how much God is blessing us <laughs> because it had another tag. Oh, gosh. We, yes. We had a brief hesitancy. Yes. And so yes. that to me is a real practicalness of like, mm. you know, uh, the, the people listening are, are leaders in this. It's like, are you helping the new church plant buy chairs? Are you letting them use your building? Are you constantly in touch with a way where you're not trying to become one thing? Blended mm-hmm. services were a great way to make no one happy, and blended churches are a great way to make no one happy. <laughs> but let's just Love celebrate it. these different little lanes we have and support yes, that. Yes. A Starbucks doesn't care if I quit going to the one I go to and go to another, uh, you right. know, an eighth right. mile away. <laughs> right. Uh, right. The branch manager does. And they don't care if I go to Seattle's Best because they own that too. Right, right. Okay, good. Just great insights there. Let's get back to the internet conversation. So our, you know, I, I like that insight of like, and I think it's true, you know, the internet has, a, you know, what has happened through COVID in a lot of ways has just accelerated trends that are already there. For sure, kind of church online. You guys have been doing church online for a long time. We've been involved in that for a long time. And it went from like this fringe thing. Even two years ago, I was surprised at how many people really looked at that suspiciously to like, okay, now it's a part of who we are. As you look up over the horizon, what should we be thinking about or wrestling with on that front? Well, what happened in the past is when churches got a little bit larger because of mobility, and they started having two services instead of one. People said, we can't do that. We won't be a church. Mm. Yeah, we were. Then you had three. Then you had a night service. Then you had another day. Same complaint. Yep. So yep. then you had different places, or you put something right. on video. Oh, we're not one church. And then afterward, you go, oh, we absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Because what makes us one church is our focus on Jesus Christ. It's the discipleship mm-hmm. that happens through the life-on-life uh, connections mm-hmm. that are happening and the transformations that take place through the Word of God, the renewing of a mind. And mm-hmm. so in this new place we are, we're at, we need to start realizing there are other ways that people get the key information that renews their mind than just physically in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I find is uh, worship leaders and speakers desperately want everybody back in the room. Mm. <laughs> we want we want big crowds, right? Yeah. And so like at North Coast, one of the things we've done is now we're in a very blue state and a bunch of different mm-hmm. things and some other people. But uh, what we did is we said, we're happy that we can offer a live option rather mm-hmm. than the word come back. 
Right. And that broadened the number of people we could reach. Because if we said, hey, you can come back now for mm-hmm. all those who choose not to come back for whatever reasons, but they're mm-hmm. still involved they're They just been subconsciously called a second class citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Nathan Art of Ministry Solutions does some great stuff on on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about Home Depot, and I've had the privilege mm-hmm. of being in a situation with Frank Blank, the guy who turned them into mm-hmm. the uh, internet focus. Mm-hmm. And I I might be off because uh, it's off the top of my head a percent or two, but something like mm-hmm. uh, they I believe they're the fourth largest online retailer, but wow. only about five percent of their sales come online. They don't mm. capitalize. People go back and forth. So any mm. of our listeners right now that live near a Home Depot know there's sometimes I want to go there and see the thing. Right. Because I can't quite get it. There's other times I know exactly what I'm getting, and I don't mm-hmm. need it right now, so I go online, order it, and they ship it to me. There's mm-hmm. other times where I know what I'm getting, I go online, I order it, and then I go get it from the uh, locker box that they have. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm just mm-hmm. interchanging all the way. And we mm-hmm. used to think of the internet as a funnel to get you to church. Mm-hmm. And and it isn't. Right. It's just an no. alternative way to get the information. And right. people will go back and forth uh, and how they're comfortable. And that changes the way you introduce it, uh, who you have leading it. Uh, right. If it's a funnel to lead you back to the church, you probably have a shepherd as your campus pastor online. Mm-hmm. If you see it as another opportunity, you have an entrepreneurial leader over mm-hmm. that ministry, a person who mm-hmm. has a history of building things, not mm-hmm. just loving on people, mm-hmm. uh, because the opportunities are massive. Right. You don't Wh- cannibalize. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a good call. I think we we all have to figure out how this fits into our overall ministry mix. That it there are. I think the thing we've all seen. I hear this time and again when I talk with church leaders is we 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 know we have people that are connecting with us online. They're they're connect. They continue to connect with us online. And even if you were in that category of like, oh, I really hope all these people will come back. Um, you realize not all those people are quote unquote coming back. They're going to connect with us online and they want to connect with us online. And we don't want to like turn it off, which is a very terrible idea. But what would you say are maybe some of the limitations or are there any limitations? Are we just got to work through some of those limitations? What, where would we kind of say it's maybe not a full expression? We've defined forsake not the gathering yourselves together as a matter of some is from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 as a large group gathering when it was written to people in house churches. Mm hmm. So our idea that you have to be in a larger group where you have acquaintances, not affinity and relationships, is mm. very much, we're like a fish in water. You ask fish, how's the water? What water? That's all it knows. Yes. So, yes. so we tend to read the Bible and scripture and experiences through our, our modern day lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But you need iron sharpening iron. But if this idea that everybody needs to be back in a group sitting in a rows, whether there's lots of rows or few rows, listening to one person talk up front. I want to go, well, you do realize that didn't happen the first few hundred years of Christianity. <laughs> yes, yes, right, right. Uh, right? I mean, yeah. what what we need is relationships. We need iron sharpening right. iron. So one of my best friends will probably never come back to North Coast Church mm. uh, physically. Mm-hmm. But what he does, he meets with his life group. They watch the sermon together. Then they have a brunch. They pray for one another. They love on one another. Somebody's going through mm. a medical. I mean, they're being the church in a house church model. Right. But we're right. going, oh, no, you need the crowd. And yes, some personalities need the crowd. I get more <laughs> out of a time-shifted sermon the weeks I'm not preaching. You know, I only preach about 20 times a year. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in live, I'm wondering why that gal's giving that guy a back rub and why they don't just get a, rent a room. 
uh, uh, two rows in front of me. And then I'm noticing the little noise uh, from an air conditioner over here. I, all of these distractions. Yes. But when I'm listening online or a podcast, I can pause. I can think about it. Uh, my wife and I can talk. I get way more content by my personality right. by not being in the room, believe it or not. Yes. And I think yeah. a lot of pastors who are and, and executive pastors and leaders who are trying to drive everybody back are actually the same way. When they mm. go to a conference, they sit on the back row on an aisle. Yes. But they're upset when their people sit on the back row on an aisle. <laughs> See, this is what I like about you, Larry. You have some pretty searing insights that I think are true. You know, one, and I think it was you that said, I've requoted or I keep quoting it to you, that it, it's only pastors that like big churches, that, you know, that actually functionally, like the average person that attends, it's a hassle when our churches are packed out. When there's 2,000 people all trying to cram into a room somewhere that we like it because we stand up on the stage and we look at it and we think, isn't that cool? Um, but actually, if you were to talk to most people in our congregations, they wouldn't necessarily say, I prefer that, that there's a lot of people that would say, I would actually like a smaller uh, yeah, environment. What they're pursuing is quality. That's why it gets big. Yes. They're not pursuing yes. big. They want enough energy Room's yes. got to be over half full and enough energy yep. wherever the room is, whatever its size is, to feel like something's happening here. Yep. But but they're not pursuing big; they're pursuing quality. Right. And because of mobility it being ubiquitous today, yep. Uh, yep. people can now chase after the uh, the best or the better instead of the closest, which is for right. almost all of human history where you had to go. Right. Interesting. So, kind of a related issue, you know, you've been at the core of uh, the megachurch movement for as long as it was called the megachurch movement. And there seems to be people out there now relating to a lot of the stuff we've been talking about that are uh, are kind of ringing this death knell for uh, that particular kind of form of church. What's your thoughts on that? Where where is you, where do you think this is is going long term? Are we are we go- going to all end up in uh, you know a lot of smaller churches? What, what do you think that's going to look like? Well, I've, I've heard this before, and it's a both and. Part of it is dead. The culture has shifted. Thanks to video venues and or the multi-congregational model, what we've done is uh, when people drive more than 20 minutes, two things disappear. Come and see evangelism and youth involvement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why we do our campuses. We're not trying to grow. We're, we're actually going where we have feet on the ground and people driving too far. And mm-hmm. come and see evangelism is a major way adults come to Jesus Christ. So the really big buildings were before we could had the ability, just even financial and quality, to use video and some of the stuff we can use now. Mm-hmm. So had we not come up with that, somebody else would have in the next two to mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, duh. Um, yes. But in that sense, I don't think people are going to be building five, six, seven thousand seat right. buildings anymore. No, that's true. That is an event that takes you thirty minutes to get out of, and what people do is they go to an event sporadically. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking mm-hmm. about mega churches with lots of services and thousands and thousands of people, that's not going away. The right. first, you know, mega churches were created for the same reason big box stores were created the right. automobile. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. when I was a young kid, we had one car. Now every apartment mm-hmm. you drive by doesn't have enough parking because if there's three people in the apartment, there's four cars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that ability now, as I said earlier, we don't have to go to the close, we can go to the best or in right. our mind, the better or best. Mm-hmm. So that creates big, but once big becomes too much of a hassle, you're like that restaurant with a long line. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you only go there on a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. I don't think big churches are going to be gone. You know, for a right. while, 
there was this movement. Millennials don't like mega churches. No, they didn't <laughs> like boomers mega churches. But as soon yes. as they had their own, they loved them. And <laughs> yes. that'll be true yes, with me and every group that uh, we have the ability to make large. And the moment it becomes congestive, like we mm-hmm. have a rule at North Coast, you got to get out of the parking lots of any place in seven minutes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if not, yeah. and that's why we don't build bigger and bigger buildings. We had more and more services pre COVID time, place and local campuses. We had 56 services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we could reach a ton of people in a lot of smaller settings that didn't tell them this right. is too much of a hassle to check your kid in or whatever. Yeah. And that parking thing, that is, that's so true. Like over the years I've, we've written on parking at, on our blog and talked about it. And, and it is one of those like unseen things that because typically because lots of church leaders are in the building when there's, when there's hassle out in the parking lot and they don't see it and they don't realize what pain that is. And so we've got to lean in on that issue. It seems like a funny practical thing. And I've said that to church leaders over the years, how long does it take people to get out of the parking lot? And they look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like what, you know, but it's a, it's a huge issue. Yeah, here's what happens. When anything gets large, you get sucked to the middle. You want right. an illustration of it? Think of a high school principal of a really large high school. Mm-hmm. He or she will only know the worst kids and the best kids and have no right. idea what a regular student's like. Right. So you have to fight to the fringe. So one of the things I've done over the, all the years, I continue to do at North Coast, is I like to arrive four minutes before the service starts. Mm-hmm. Every now and then when I'm not preaching to see if I can chat out of there, like right because because that's the only way I can know. Uh, yeah. I wonder how many pastors walk around and see uh, of a larger mm-hmm. church uh, and actually take a look at at, at the line uh, mm-hmm. of people trying to check their kids in. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's we're here early, leave late, so we think it's all great, and then we have no idea what people are experiencing. You got to fight to the fringe. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. Larry, if you were, uh, you know, you, you've been, like I say, I've been a part of so many innovations over the years. How do you personally stay fresh and personally stay engaged with, you know, where culture is going? What does that look like for you? Like you, you, you seem to be always have these effervescent kind of just ideas bubbling from that are, you know, just from the world around us. How do you stay fresh personally? Well, I think part of it's a natural giftedness. I get asked that mm-hmm. all the time, but even as a mm-hmm. young kid, I could mentally model outcomes and say, mm-hmm. if we do this, this is going to happen just quickly. Mm-hmm. Like some people on a chessboard can see a few moves ahead if I do mm-hmm. this or if we do this or mm-hmm. whatever, which by the way, I can't. So, but mm-hmm. I've always noticed that about organizations and cultures, not so much about an individual, but right. an organization. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can see the future. I'm not a big fan of the books that tell us where we're heading because when you read the old <laughs> books by the people, they're all wrong. Yes. But I'm a big fan of the unchangeable future. Yes. So I'm always looking around. Like, like what we tend to do is we straight line today and say this is where we're headed. Well, if that's true, I'd still have a ponytail and be living out of a VW van. You know, uh, <laughs> right. Yes. It, it's like, no, suddenly boomers got jobs and millennials got jobs. You have kids and mm-hmm. Z, it's like we don't stay the same. Life changes as life changes mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. But when Peter Drucker 40 years ago said Europe is going to have a massive social problem of all their pensions and social safety mm-hmm. net and immigration problem, he wasn't seeing the future. He was seeing the unchangeable present zero birth mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we have zero birth rates today. We won't have mm-hmm. enough workers to feed the pension 20, 30, mm-hmm. 40 years from now. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I That's why I said echo chambers. I think I can be mm-hmm. spot on. Time mm-hmm. shifting. No one's willing mm-hmm. to go back 
yeah. having to turn on the TV game right when it starts, uh, that mm-hmm. there are certain things you realize are unchangeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, building bigger and bigger buildings. That's what, that's what video vid- venues came out of is we've got to find a way to make it small. And nowadays we have incredible sound systems, projectors and cameras. Mm-hmm. And here's the other unchangeable. When I was in a big room after the seventh row, they were watching the screen anyway. Right. So everybody right. was watching a video venue anyway. Anybody yes, who's spoken yes. there knows like, look at me, look at me. Yes. All yes. At Everyone's side. eyes are off to the side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So unchangeable. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, and I've seen that from you over the years, even that today, uh, you know, the conversation, you know, could have been like convenience and choice. Those are consistent cultural that is just baked into, seems to be baked into the culture that when we look to the future, people are going to be asking more questions around how do I have more choice and how do I, how, how can I access those things in a more convenient way? Um, those are, that has been true for 50 years, 50 plus years, 100 years, 1000 years will continue to be true. It's like, it's like uh, Jeff Bezos for years has been talking about you know, hey, we know that 10 years from now at Amazon, people are going to want product products faster and cheaper. Like those, that's just true, right? Like, and so how do we build over an extended period of time towards being faster and cheaper, which they have, they've marched in that direction and made a huge difference. Well, I really appreciate this, Larry. As we wrap up today's episode, anything else you'd like to share before we, we close it down? Well, just to remind everybody what an incredible privilege it is to be doing ministry in some of these strange and unique times. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm over here by the Marine Corps base and uh, the, mm. the Navy down in San Diego, and it's the greatest honor ever to be a Navy SEAL. Mm. And they put you behind the lines in those kind of situations only when they think you can handle it. And mm. and we should in no way be looking back at the old days and wishing we were there. We've we've mm-hmm. been trusted uh, and empowered and given all we need to do what we need in this new strange situation. And so we should wake up every day going, wow, how can I charge that hill? Love it. Well, Larry, I appreciate you being here today. Appreciate your investment in us. Um, if Where do we want to pe- send people online? If they want to track with you or if they want to track with the church, where do we want to send them? Northcoastchurch.com has our, our stuff and our sermons and all that. And uh, there's a, a, a site called Larry Osborne Live, which sometimes mm-hmm. is pretty dead. I don't do a lot of social media, <laughs> but it's got uh, things from my books and stuff like that mm-hmm. connected Great. to it. But uh and then there's a North Coast Training Network, which is a part of NorthCoastChurch.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's Love how to best see all the stuff we're doing. Great. We'll link to all those things. Again, Larry, appreciate you being here today. Appreciate your leadership over the years. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by Unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.